welcome back to another episode of the Walking Closer podcast. I am Adam Como, and this is episode 92, Challenging Perspectives, part two. So if you are tuning into this podcast for the first time, this is a series of episodes that's meant to maybe challenge some perspectives when it comes to the Bible. My hope is that it might help lead you to better understanding what you're reading when you read the text. So let's get started. Now, the first thing I think we need to do is acknowledge the challenges we face when it comes to reading and interpreting the Bible. When you read the Bible, you are interpreting the text as you read it. And we do this automatically. As we read the text, certain pictures are being painted in our minds that depict what's being said and what's going on in the text. And this is perfectly normal. It's just what we naturally do. And one of the first problems that we need to acknowledge, though, is the fact that we are reading an ancient text that was written in different languages that have been translated for us in a language we can understand. Now, anytime you get into the business of translating languages, you are going to run up against a few issues. And it's hardly ever going to be a complete black and white process. Um, and while we might be able to find words that best match the original text, words are not always completely transferable. Each language has its own barriers in trying to accurately duplicate itself in another language. And it, it can be difficult to capture all the nuances and full meaning of words as they're used in a, in a context uh, when we translate them so that we could best understand them in our context. This would be very, very difficult. In fact, I came across an article that I want to briefly mention to you. Um, it uh, relates the some of the work that Bruce Metzger did, who was a former professor at Princeton Theological Seminary. I believe he passed away just a few years ago. We're talking Bible scholar. We're talking translator. He was a textual critic, a Bible editor, a scholar of New Testament Greek. Okay, Anyone who can tell you about this stuff, this is the guy. He wrote extensively about the difficulties translators face when it came to translating the Bible. And in this article titled Persistent Problems Confronting Bible Translators, he listed several of these challenges. And I'm going to put a link down in the show notes if you're interested in reading the, the, the full article. But I want to just quickly tell you some of the things he mentions. He mentions the challenges that come from... Um, things like variant readings among the manuscripts, which can be a result of multiple factors. In other words, it's not just about translating a manuscript. We have manuscripts. We have multiple manuscripts, and we have differences in uh, these various manuscripts. And working through those differences and maybe why they're there and why one manuscript leaves these things out or includes these things or uses these words, there's so many different variables that are involved in just the manuscripts themselves. Um, that you know, all these things come together to try and help us uh, paint the, the most complete picture, and, and how do we do that? And these are some of the challenges that you're facing. I'm, I'm just giving you a brief overview here. There's, we can go into details about uh, some of the stuff and the you know what it looked like, but I won't bore you with all of that. You could do your own research when it comes to that, but just be aware of the fact that just the variant readings among the manuscripts themselves cause... Uh, potential issues, and those are things that have to be worked through. He also mentions the complications that come from ascertaining the various meanings of the Hebrew 
and Greek words, the complications that come with that. So it's not just about finding the meaning, it's about finding the meaning as it is being used within the text that is being translated. You know, simple words can have multiple definitions, and depending upon how that word is being used determines, you know, what that word means. That What that word means in a sentence, or in a phrase, or in a context, can be determined by, well, the group of words that are surrounding it. Um, there's lots of complications that come with determining, okay, what's the literal meaning as it is being used within this particular text? And how do we take that and translate that over? So you first got to figure out what that is to in order to determine what's the best word or words that can be used within the, say, for instance, our English language, the best help depict the meaning or as it is being used in this text. So you see, it's not always just a black and white transfer over of words. Uh, you have complications further with, uh, like, adding punctuation to a text that, you know, we're talking about a language that uses few, if any, punctuation marks, okay? And as you know, in our language, something as small as punctuation can change the meaning of sentences, and, you know, punctuation plays a huge role in the English language, and, man, you know, depending upon what the punctuation is, it can come completely change the meaning of something and how you read it and the picture that it paints for you, okay? Now, these are just a few things, a few of the difficulties that translators uh, face, and you want to know more about that, you know, Metzger can go into great detail about those particular things, and again, if there's anyone who can, you know, has the credibility to talk about this, he's your guy, and there's plenty of other men and women uh, who can, you know, and who do write and speak about these things extensively. And I just want to briefly mention this because it is something that I think we need to acknowledge, right? Like, like we, if we can just first of acknowledge that there is a reason we have so many different translations. Like, what you hold in your hand is a product of, well, translators, a translation, and there are many complications that come with it, that came with producing it, okay? It's not, it's not to say that what you are reading is, isn't reliable or trustworthy. It is just being honest with yourself about some of the difficulties that come with the book you are reading, and maybe the need to familiarize yourself, at the very least, with more than one translation. Now, I know that there are people who will say things like, well, this won't keep us from knowing what we need to know. And I'm not necessarily saying that. All I am saying is that I, I have found it helpful to remember that the translation I use is just that, a translation. And while I actually think most translations are really good overall in their own right, they, they can hold their own, there are some difficulties that translators faced when making that translation and some decisions had to be made. And those decisions are often the reasons for multiple translations and the differences within these translations. And I think being honest with that reality goes a long way in helping us approach the text. Another challenge that we face when reading and interpreting the Bible is that the text that we are reading were texts that depicted a different time and place. And that's important because these texts were written to people, about people, and about social situations that most often are different uh, from our own. We're talking about a different culture, a different social construct, different values and ways of seeing reality. And now, 
every culture has this. Every culture has its, say, own core uh, values, right? And these values determine how people see themselves and one another. And these values determine how people act, both individually and socially. And I would assume that most people, when we sit down and read the Bible, these scenarios that we are picturing uh, are probably based more on our own culture and social values. The scenarios our imaginations paint are probably based more on the things that have shaped us. And the problem with this is the scenarios being painted in the Bible are Mediterranean scenarios, not American. And the things we were reading, what people were saying and doing, they they're being dictated by a set of values and a social system that, for the most part, is far removed from our own. For instance, the text of the Bible was written to and about people who lived in an honor-shame society, and many of the scenarios within the Scripture come to life when we interpret them through this honor-shame lens. Uh, let me give you another example. Did you realize that the terms faith and grace were actually terms that were used to describe the relationship between a person who was called a patron and their client? And that these are terms that describe the relationships between people who operated within what we call the patron system. And this is a system that the Apostle Paul knew very well. And it is the Apostle Paul speaking mostly to Gentiles who functioned within the patron system that explains the relationship between God and people by using these terms, faith and grace. And the more we understand these systems, I suggest the better we will understand the text and what is going on with it, within it. And it actually will paint a more, I believe, realistic, more plausible scenario of what's going on, what's being said, and then I think it's from there that we can take what's applicable to us today, okay? And it helps us basically bridge that gap between that culture and our own culture. So knowing that culture really well and knowing our own culture really well allows us to help bridge the gap between the two and help us understand how this is applicable to us today. And another challenge that we face when it comes to reading and understanding the Bible, especially the New Testament, is this. What we have, what we are reading, they are letters. We're actually reading letters that were written to specific people in specific places about some very specific things. Now, sure, there are some applicable things that we can take away from them and you know, without realizing or noting, no, knowing this, or maybe even some of the other things that I've mentioned already. And, and we've been doing this for centuries. However, I think that it is helpful to acknowledge the fact that what we are reading are letters, and as such, they are, there are gaps that we're left to fill. See, when we read the text, we are left to imagine the plausible scenarios that the writer is addressing. And we, we try hard to put things together, right? But at best, we're still left with multiple plausible scenarios. And oftentimes these scenarios are based on our own culture and our own cultural values and not those of the time and place in which these were written. And the reason for these gaps is, is again, largely because 
especially within Paul's writings, is that we're reading letters, okay? And even, even with the gospel accounts, these are accounts that are written to some specific people or communities, and the stories of the life of Jesus are being retold and used to teach within some very specific context. And they have a purpose, an agenda, and most often we are left to hypothesize what that purpose or agenda was specifically. And that explains why things are put in, why some things are left out, maybe. Uh, maybe it explains why certain things are put in the order in which they are put, and why certain things are said, or maybe further explained. Now, the people to whom these letters were written, they probably didn't have to do much guessing, if any at all, about what the writer was talking about. It was a letter, and as such, it is addressing some very specific scenarios that the writer and the recipients were all connected to, all familiar with, all aware of. The writer didn't have to explain every detail, and that is where the gaps lie for us. Now, just just think about it. Imagine you found some letters that were written between your great-great-grandfather and grandmother. And maybe, maybe you met them, or maybe you didn't, but maybe you, you even met them, okay, for you were aware of their existence and their presence for at least, you know, a short period of time, and you come across these letters, you will not find within those letters the details about all that they were talking about. They're not writing, you know, a, a, a story about their lives. They are not writing them to, to thinking that they better explain every detail because you might not understand what they're talking about. And naturally, there will be gaps that you are left to try and fill. And there may be enough information from within the letter, and you may know enough about the context, the times in which they were written. And from that, those two things, you're able to draw some pretty good conclusions about the letter and what was going on. Right? You might get a pretty good picture of, uh, of the scenarios of what they're talking about. And this is exactly what we have to do when it comes to the Bible and trying to understand what is going on with the text. So, you see, we do have some challenges when it comes to reading and interpreting the Bible. And I've only mentioned a few. But they are challenges that we can overcome. Now, unfortunately... I'm not confident that many are even aware of these challenges, and I can't even begin to speculate on the problems that this has caused for us for throughout the years, for many people. And some of the issues uh, come from people just being unaware of these challenges, but some, some might come just from people because people just ignore these issues. And, and even if people are aware of these challenges, they, they're not aware of the resources available to help us work through these, these challenges. And quite frankly, I believe we just don't talk about this stuff enough. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's been to our detriment, really. But this is what this series of pod, podcast episodes is uh, all about. I, I want to to help you better understand some of those cultural and social values in which the text of Scripture was written. But the first thing that I believe we need to do is simply acknowledge the challenges that we actually do face 
when it comes to reading and understanding what we're reading, for us to have the most plausible scenarios, how the text unfolds, and what's the picture that it is painting, there are challenges there. We need to acknowledge what those challenges are. That's the, that's the first thing we need to do. So in part three, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into what we call the honor-shame culture. We're going to do this in hopes of bringing some of the biblical text to life for you. And that's where we're going to start. So we're going to dive into the honor-shame culture, and uh, that's going to lead us into also talking about uh, this thing I referred to earlier as the patron system and how all that functioned and worked. And we're going to deal with a lot of things, and some of those things uh, will be, I think, eye-opening and um, maybe help you better understand what's happening, but really it brings the stories to life. Like it really helps us to make sense of what's being said, why things are being said, and why you see people respond. They respond. And and, and the other thing that I see from all of this is really how counterculture in so many ways Jesus was. So uh, also, if you would like to do your own research, uh, check out the show notes. I have included some links in the show notes for you to check out. Um, and there's no affiliation with any of these links. This is just simply resources that are available, just a few. And uh, that if you are, this is your thing, you'd like to do research, you'd like to read on your own, um, there's some resources that are available for you to check out. And if that's not your thing, then hey, just stay tuned to this podcast for more episodes along the same lines, especially within this particular series called Challenging Perspectives. So, yeah, there it is. Episode 92, Challenging Perspectives, Part 2. So, thanks for listening. Grace and peace. Check out the resources, and I will talk to you soon.